Here we go. Welcome to Wrestling Inc. after SmackDown and AEW Rampage here on Friday night. We are going to have a wonderful show. I am Alfred Kunawa on the night of the draft. Follow me at This Is Nasty. And of course, joined by our returning champion, Issa NYC Demon Diva, live from Puerto Rico. What's from up, Puerto Kata? Rico, que la que hay. Hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm on I'm, I'm assignment, but I'm still here, so... Listen. That's dedication right there, folks. It doesn't matter if yeah. she's in Puerto Rico or Vegas or Chicago <laughs> or New York. She's going to do the show. Listen, <laughs> somebody has to cover all of this wrestling craziness, right? So let's do it. Love it. Yeah, it was a lot of craziness tonight. We had a fun draft episode. Of, I thought a pretty fun rampage episode. Yeah. Uh, and before we get into all of that, we do have a couple of news stories to share with all you. Uh, first of all, the Dynamite ratings are out. Uh, Dynamite this past Wednesday did 1.152 million, so that's down 9.5% from 1.273 million from uh, Grand Slam, and then also 588,000 in 18 to 49. And I will say, I'm pretty impressed with this number. I think they held up pretty well in terms of them having such a big show uh, the week before. And it just it tells me that they've now established this floor at around a million. That's like they can expect to do at least a million, I think, moving forward. Since Daniel Bryan and CM Punk are there, they really haven't dipped below that number. So I think a pretty encouraging number uh, for Dynamite in terms of uh, what they did on the Wednesday after Grand Slam, Issa. Right. Right. Um, I agree with you. And if you think about it, CM Punk or Daniel Bryan are not involved in major fields right now. And the fact that they're pulling these numbers without them being involved in anything major goes to show you that I, I think AEW has a lot of momentum going and it's obviously showing in the ratings. I think consistency is more important than like beating Raw. Like, screw that, right? If you can put a consistent number then you can build from there. I think the fact that they're doing the same number every week for a couple of weeks now is huge for AW. And I think you'll be a fool to not admit that AW has a lot of momentum going for themselves. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, in terms of beating Raw, that shouldn't be a weekly expectation. And they really shouldn't just philosophically look yeah. at what the other person's doing and look to keep beating them and whatnot. It is fun for us to talk about and stuff like right. that. But if you're AEW, you really got to focus on building and cultivating this audience, which is around a million now, which, you know, this time last year, the pandemic did play a part in that. And also NXT being on Wednesdays, they were doing about like 600, 700,000 or whatnot. So really having that time slot to themselves and having, um, you know, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, some of these bigger stars to come over is really helping bolster these numbers. So, you know, maybe on a bigger show that they build toward uh, with WWE Raw going against Monday night and, you know, not hot shotting as much, maybe they'll have a shot, but they really should be, you know, focused on uh, building that audience, which I think this is a good number that they um, held up with coming off. Of agreed. Slam. Agreed. And it's what, how many weeks now of them consistently doing over a million every yeah. week? That's a big deal for them. Yeah, and they topped cable for that, I believe, the fifth or sixth week in a row. So uh, pretty good for AEW. Not so good news for Rose to the Top, which aired right after AEW Dynamite. And even teased that the commercial break would feature Sammy Guevara's victory speech or whatnot. But they really right. weren't able to maintain that AEW Dynamite viewership. Less than half of the people who were watching Dynamite uh, watched uh, Rose to the Top. It did 422,000, number 16 on cable. 
227,018 to 49. Just for a comparison, if we're just going to compare, Ms. and Mrs. first show did 1.5 million. Uh, However, this season did do 430,000 around the same, and they did grow towards about 700,000 or whatnot. So I think Rose to the Top is going to really hope that they grow. But I don't think this is a good number to start with. I don't think this is what they were expecting for their first number, given how much they promoted it on TNT. Agreed. And I also think that a lot of people probably assumed that this was going to be a Cody and Brandy show. And there was a lot of AW backstage shenanigans shown in this. I actually found it quite interesting. So I feel like if AW fans really tune in and see how much of the backstage um, info you can get, you might get a better viewership out of it. I think a lot of people were expecting another Miss and Maurice kind of show, which I mean, as much fun as it is, because I enjoy it personally, it's very scripted. And I don't think this is what this was. But if you want to see some real, like, backstage AEW things, I I actually suggest that I watched it just out of curiosity. And I was very impressed with how much dynamite backstage things they ended up showing, um, as opposed to just Cody and Brandy, which is what I was expecting. Yeah, that would be the draw for me. I haven't had the chance to see this yet, but I do plan on watching it. But I do like the fact that it's focused on the wrestling. And it's a show about this couple that's promoting a wrestling company. And the wrestling is kind of centralized. Whereas Miz and Mrs. is just about their lives outside of wrestling. And you will have that intersect. But this seems more focused on wrestling in in the terms of a reality show. So it does seem interesting to me. You know, I hope the show does well. I think it would uh, do great with women if it really started to catch on. I think it'll help AEW's female audience because they really don't draw a lot of women it's predominantly men who watch aew and that's an area um, that they really need to develop and if this show is a hit that women will come with it yeah there was a lot of backstage not only with the dynamite in the male perspective but there was a big segment between brandy red velvet and jay that i absolutely found super interesting so i do think that if you're an aw fan you should probably tune into this show it's it's gonna be different than what you expected there's a lot of Brandy and, and Cody things, but there's a lot of backstage AEW things that I personally was not expecting to see. Oh, very nice. Very good tease. I like that, Issa. So check out Rose at the Top of the <laughs> I believe it's airing right now, so don't watch right now. It you is. Gotta keep it it is. Watching us. We're the A show. And then afterwards, you watch Rose at the Top. Yeah, you just watch three hours of wrestling. Save it for Saturday or Sunday. You know, there's no <laughs> pay-per-view this weekend. Come on. Yeah, just relax a little bit. (laughs) So uh, we're going to get into SmackDown. Before we get into SmackDown, our final piece of news is leading into that uh, because uh, the main event was, of course, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. And it was announced before SmackDown, Issa, that Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, and Bianca Belair will face off in a triple threat women's match for the women's championship at none other than Crown Jewel. So uh, what do you think about that announcement? What do you expect for that match? This is kind of a wild announcement, considering the last women's match that was this historic match between um, Natalia and Lacey Evans. They had to cover up. They couldn't wrestle the way that women typically wrestle in the States. Right. They smiled and a I lot hate more. That. Do you expect this type of match um, in Saudi Arabia? Probably, and I absolutely hate it because as soon as they teased it on Extreme Rules, I was like, I want to see it. And obviously, we saw tonight that I have a feeling they're going to be splitting these three women up with the draft. So oh, yeah. this might be the one time that we get to see them wrestle, and they're not going to be able to. Is this a personal opinion, right? But I don't think they're going to be able to give it their all the same way that they might have in a 
United States-based pay-per-view, right? Or even yeah. a SmackDown or a Raw. That being said, as a woman myself, I'm always here for women making history, and it is a big deal, but I just feel like they can't even go out there and dress the way that they want or maybe do the moves that they want or, you know, I have a feeling that it's going to be the match that we want to see, but a little bit watered down and it's a little bit disappointing because as soon as Sasha came back on Extreme Rules, I could not help but to scream, like, give this match to me before the draft, like, please, I need <laughs> to see it. Saudi Arabia was not what I pictured getting this match at, but again, we're not stupid. We knew there was a draft coming. I was 99% sure they were going to split them, and I and I know they're going to. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely get into the draft picks that they're splitting up already. And there's going to be more splitting, it looks like, because we ha now yeah. have two women's champions on the same brand, which is a whole other no, story. We but... No, we won't. We, they're just saving some for Monday, because you cannot yeah. get SmackDown everything. So we're, like, they didn't mention Priest. They didn't mention Nakamura. They didn't mention a lot of these champions. They got to save some interesting picks for Monday as well. So, yeah. And with the women's match, it'll be interesting because, you know, WWE's plan is to improve on what they do before over and over. Like, first, they couldn't have women there. Now they did have women in kind of a token match that really wasn't right. too threatening. And maybe they do push the envelope a little bit and have an actual match here. But I don't think people are going to have their expectations high. But it would be encouraging if they were able to go out there and just wrestle the way they typically wrestle. Right. I don't know. I don't know that they're going to be able to fully let loose the way that we expect right. these three women to win. That's a little slightly disappointing. Excited to see the match, but I just hope they were going to do it. In, I, I would rather them do it on TV just to see them in the right gear, just really right. like let loose and like give us what we want. Maybe it's at these and then we'll eventually get it, but you know, you know. You know, yeah, yeah. Saudi you know Arabia, <laughs> Saudi Arabia is gonna be a whole different beast from gear to the way that they do the match compared to what we would have gotten if we actually saw them in a normal show. Yeah, it'll be a wild show in Saudi, so we'll see. They're already building up this card. They really uh, promoted this card tonight on SmackDown, which was the WWE Draft, and I'm just gonna go over everybody who got drafted round by round. Uh, right. We kicked off the draft with a first round, four picks. Number one pick overall going to SmackDown. It's your tribal chief, Issa Roman Reigns, going to SmackDown. Come on. Big E going to Raw. Charlotte Flair going to SmackDown, a pick number three in the first real surprise of the night. And Bianca Belair going to Raw in round one. What do we think about these picks? Absolutely beautiful. I mean, right now, I personally feel, and I think a lot of people do, WWE, the best thing going for it is Roman Reigns, so it will make perfect sense for whoever was getting that first pick for it to be Roman Reigns. He's the best thing that you have going right now. Um, yeah, I do agree that um, Charlotte needs a little bit of something different to do right now. I cannot wait to see what Bianca does on Raw with a whole bunch of different opponents that we have never seen her go against. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I'm not mad at this first round of of graphics. It was perfect. Yeah. yeah, first round, and we'll get to um the next round of WWE draft picks, round two. Uh, Drew McIntyre going to SmackDown. That's interesting. RK Bro to Raw. The New Day to SmackDown, and Edge goes to Raw. I really like Edge to Raw. I think that's very promising. I, so. I think we were talking about this yeah. uh, recently in terms of him going somewhere else and having fresh opponents. And I just love what Edge has done. And I feel like in terms of the big names he can wrestle on SmackDown, he's kind of gone through that. It'll be good to see him go to Raw. 
yeah, it's going to be a whole, like, refreshing new feeling, especially with Randy being attached to the tag team because um, Edge on Raw, he's only wrestled Randy Orton, right? And now he's attached to to um, Matt Riddle, so I don't think we're going to see him go in that direction. Yeah, I mean, the New Day being split up, I'm a little bit sad about that, but I get it. I think this will be so awesome for Big E to get elevated on his own without needing the New Day, should they go in the direction that we need them to go with, which is make Big E the champion that we all know he can be. Maybe he doesn't need to have the New Day on his side, right? But as a big New Day fan since, like, day one, I was I was looking forward to seeing them reunite, but it doesn't seem like they're going in that direction. And as long as that elevates Big E, we'll see where it goes. But if that's where we're going, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I was pretty disappointed that they split up the new yeah. day. Like I have no doubt that Big E could do this by himself. I thought he was really good as Intercontinental Champion was on his own. We just kind of came back together and they're doing like a, a victory lap, like a reunion tour where they've had a couple of matches. They were super over last week. And then yeah. it's just like, nope, we're taking them away again. And I just thought they already did that. We already got the moment and the big dramatic moment of them splitting up. But this time around, they just kind of did it. They didn't make a big thing about it. So, you know, it does right. show that maybe they're just, they just want Biggie to fly on his own and that hopefully that they put him in position to succeed. But I, I did think that this New Day reunion was a lot of fun. Do you think that we got, I feel like we were going to tease that on Sunday at Extreme Rules where nobody made a big deal about it, how it was the first match with the New Day reunited in so long. The fact that they didn't mention it made me feel like they're going to keep him split up and let yeah. Biggie do his thing, you know? I like the New Day personally. I don't think they should ever break them up. If you're only doing this just to elevate Biggie, then be my guest because I do think that Biggie should be elevated. But you did that with Kofi. Kofi had a great title run. I mean, you ended it the wrong way, right? But his right. title run was amazing, and the New Day was by his side, and I never felt like the New Day made him feel less than. You can do the same thing with Biggie, but we'll see where they go. You know, the tag team division does need some help, and maybe they just want to keep them apart. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that works out. Um, I, I love what they did tonight. This next Super Chat ties into the next round. Bear Hudson, my guy, for $5. Love the article about diversity in AEW. Alfred, and viewing SmackDown's new roster, it contains plenty of diversity of all colors. Great job, Alfred. Thank you. You can check that out on Forbes. Shout out to Brandon Thurston, who did a study of... Uh, TV numbers in wrestling companies by race. Uh, no surprise that AEW was the whitest and had the lowest I, black percentage. we got to fix that AEW. I'm sure you will. I'm agree, sure you can get it done. Uh, but round three, I, I mentioned that because it was Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. I can't wait to hear what you think about Madcap Moss, Issa. Then we get Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash to Raw. And my favorite draft pick of the night, Hit Rose coming to SmackDown. Uh, and then Keith Bearcat <laughs> Lee on WWE Raw. What do you think about this third round, Issa? I love hearing Hit Row's name. I do think that Hit Row is quite an entertaining fact, like faction. And apparently that's what they're wanting to see more of, right, on the main roster. I want to know what they're going to do with this North American title because it is part of Hit Row. So I'm very curious about how we, like, attach this whole thing. But I love seeing an NXT pick here. I think out of that, that third round, I think hitting Hit Row is what really got my attention do you think he's going to drop the North American title? Swerve, do you think he's going to drop it? Or do you think yeah, what do you think is going to happen? 
I think he will. And as much as I do like Hit Row getting this shot yeah, and Swerve yeah. Scott is ready for this, like I really wanted them to kind of stay in NXT for a little bit longer and kind of develop a little bit. But I will say this kind of new NXT, uh, you never know what you're going to get in terms of how they're going to promote them on this brand. So because this is a quote-unquote Vince McMahon NXT, maybe, you know, Hit Row on the main roster is going to be the same thing it would have been on NXT 2.0. So at least they're getting a more, uh, you know, exposure on the main roster. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be great. Hopefully, they don't water them down, though, because I yeah. feel like they were giving them a lot of freedom in NXT where I don't know that we're going... We'll see where it goes. I don't want them to water Hit Row down because, obviously, we cover NXT together and we are very high on Hit Row. Just keep them that way on SmackDown. I just want to know what's going to happen with the North American title because he hasn't even defended it since he won it. Yeah, so, that's so wild. I know, I know. So <laughs> it's funny mean, if he just if he just dropped it and he like vacated it without ever having defended it. Right. Uh, but that, that that is weird because they they got to do the cipher in the old NXT and it really right. seemed like they gave them a lot of creative freedom. So I'm a little nervous at the idea of okay, now people are going to write for you and approve this, and right. I just they came off as so authentic, not, um, in mostly in the old NXT because we haven't seen too much of them in NXT 2.0, only a couple of weeks. But in the old NXT, they were really authentic, and that's what I loved about them so much. Especially with it being Fox, with it having a much broader audience than you know, like with it being yeah. on basic cable. I wonder. I, I I kind of low key wanted them to go to Raw just because I feel like maybe they might not be as watered down. They know that SmackDown is their bigger audience, bigger ratings. I, I, I'm just afraid they're gonna water them down. But we'll see. I'm gonna give yeah. them the benefit of the doubt, which I shouldn't. It's WWE. <laughs> yeah, you're really but I will give them the benefit of the doubt and see. I need to see them debut and see how they treat them in the main roster. Stockholm syndrome, yeah, <laughs> and great minds thinking like Stellar Justin Lopez, friend of the show for four ninety nine. He said, "Got a feeling Fox had a lot to do with Hit Row getting called up, except for my man Swerve. They are all hella green." Uh, listen, the thing about Hit Row as an act, yeah, maybe they're not the greatest wrestlers, but you know what really attracts people to them is the presentation of this as a main event act, and they have a guy in Swerve Scott who not only is ready. I mean, this guy is one of the better wrestlers in the world, one of the best wrestlers in the world. And he's been doing it for years, Shane Strickland, and I think he's ready for this spot. So if it's him, and then Hit Row is there to kind of be management, and even a shot to the Adonis is a is a solid hand. So uh, as long right. as they protect their strengths and you know uh, they develop them as characters, I think. Will be just fine on SmackDown. I mean, we'll see. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, but I'm not gonna sit here. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you as much as we love Hit Row right. that I'm not worried about it because yes, I'm I very am. About it's Fox, it's cable, it's basic cable television, and they totally watered them down and completely changed what they do. Final raw we uh, final round we have uh, Naomi at number thirteen. Sonya Deville was not happy about that. Then Ray and Dominic uh, to WWE Raw, Jeff Hardy to SmackDown, and the final pick, Mister Irrelevant, which is that's what the term is for the final pick of the draft. Austin Theory goes to WWE Raw. They really talked him up. What do you think Austin Theory's prospects are on WWE Raw? I mean, we had Austin Theory on Raw when he was part of this whole Messiah little bit of a gimmick, and then we put him back on NXT. It was, it was slightly confusing. Why would you debut him on Raw and then send him back to NXT? It's a name that because we have seen him on the main roster, I wasn't surprised to see here. I mean, we'll see where it goes. I, I personally think that we're going to see Seth and Becky go to Raw. 
And maybe yeah. we'll see some kind of reunion between like Austin Theory and Seth and that old faction. I mean, we don't have we don't have Buddy Murphy here, but why not? You know? Yeah, yeah. Why not? I I like them together. I, I liked Austin Theory on Raw, and then he just disappeared. And I really like what he was doing on NXT in kind of a comedy role. But I hope they don't keep that comedy for Raw for the main roster. I hope they really kind of develop right. him as an actual serious talent because he is very right. good. Agree. Agree. So we get into the opening segment of SmackDown. It's Roman Reigns asking them to acknowledge him. He got a babyface reaction tonight. Uh, Paul Heyman has a new name for Roman Reigns. I want you to tell me what you think about this. A suplexorcist, Roman Reigns. Is that what you're going to call him from now on, Issa? No, he's still head of the table, tribal chief, the big dog. Roman Reigns to me. <laughs> he's got all kinds of nicknames, man. He's yeah, he does. He, a handful. Like, I don't even know what to call him anymore. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in. <laughs> I love it. Rock Lesnar hits the ring uh, and uh, crashes a party. People go crazy for Brock Lesnar. He's suplexing everything. Suplex Roman Reigns. He gets out of the ring. Suplexes the so They get yeeted. Roman Reigns is kind of concerned of Brock Lesnar, and we uh, end that segment. What did you think about the opening segment and Brock Lesnar in flannel attacking everybody? Obviously, Brock Lesnar is a vision in flannel. The ponytail is still as over as it gets. I love it. <laughs> is, it is it just me, Alfred, or doesn't he look bigger every time we see him? Yeah, like, he does I look feel like bigger. he like doubles in size every fucking week. Like, Oh shit! Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, Raj. Don't call for me. I feel like sorry, Raj. I feel like Brock doubles in size every week. Like every time we see him, I feel like he looks bigger, right? Yeah. Um, listen, it, I didn't think that Brock working as a baby face would work, and I'm a huge Brock Lesnar fan, also a Roman Reigns fan. So it's a weird feud for me, loving yeah. both of them. But I am liking. Um, I am liking Ponytail Brock. I like him working as a baby face. And I like seeing Brock try to get himself over without the help of Paul Heyman. We guys, we've been used to this act since like, what, 2012? Yeah. This is a whole new Brock look, feel, and like even the way that he's coming off. So I'm here for it. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I, I, I don't like it. I like it because every Brock Lesnar return felt the same. This one mm -hmm. doesn't. And I, and I and I find that interesting. I hate that we're wasting it on Saudi Arabia, right? Because I have yeah. a feeling that I have a feeling Brock's gonna end up getting um, drafted to Raw eventually, and I hope that it doesn't end up with Brock taking it from Big E because I can see them doing that too because it's WWE, you know. But I have a feeling that they're gonna keep them apart, and we might only see them in Saudi Arabia, you know, face each other. What if they like had Brock Lesnar beat Biggie in like seven seconds, just like he didn't? I can't. You understand I can. what happened to Black Twitter? Black Twitter would burn this company to the ground if that happened. You better I not can't. do that, WWE. I, I, I listen, and I get it. It was the first show on Fox, right? You ended up doing nothing with Cain Velasquez, so it was like you sacrificed Kofi for absolutely nothing because Cain was never meant to be in the wrestling world, right? He's great at MMA keep him there i i really don't want to see brock do the same thing for like with biggie with survivor series i will tell you do i do i fear it 1000 percent. i feel like brock lesnar is vince mcmahon's panic button 
Yeah, I mean, you, you never know. He does have a couple of them, and Brock Lesnar is a part-timer, what Vince McMahon knows. Um, yeah, I am kind of bummed out this is good in Saudi Arabia, too, because I think they built this feud up really well. It would be such a hot match if it was on TV. And I really thought about that, just looking at Brock Lesnar interacting with Roman Reigns and suplexing everybody. People were going crazy for, for the segment when uh, Brock Lesnar was out there suplexing. People want to cheer Brock for just being a monster. And I do think, to your point about him being different, one of the biggest changes is that he's such a willing babyface right now and that he's willing to cut the promos. He's willing to get out there and, and kind of be amiable. He's not like this high, like mean, surly Brock Lesnar. He's kind of relaxed now. And I, I do like this change in character for Brock. I, I love everything about it because I I since 2012, I really felt like every Brock Lesnar return has felt the same way. He comes back with Paul Heyman. He does his bouncing thing. He suplex a couple of people. He looks the same. The fact that even the look is completely different from the Brock that we're used to seeing. Yeah. I just feel like there's a little bit of more effort put into this return than anything else that Brock has done. I'm invested and I want to see where it goes. So we get into this next segment. It is Happy Corbin. Uh, he's getting ready to wrestle Kevin Owens, and we get introduced to his new buddy. We used to know him as Riddick Moss. This man's new name is Mad Cat Moss. And but why? he's a jokester. He's like an old-timey 40s hack comedian. He wears suspenders now, and he's got a joke, and he said he's got two short jokes and one long joke. And he goes, joke, joke, joke. Get it because it's the word joke. <laughs> and then uh, Baron Corbin, King Corbin, is wearing his leopard skin print shirt with the slacks. I like the shirt. I like the shirt. <laughs> like the, I think this is I his did. worst gear to date. Like, get Baron Corbin. Really? You didn't like it? Okay. His wrestling gear you're going to wear. <laughs> Listen, Alfred, I've been drinking since very early today, so by the time Corbin came out with that shirt, I might have already been like, hey, that looks great. Yeah, you look like he's heading out to the nightclub. So maybe. maybe. So they have this match with Kevin Owens. Uh, Baron Corbin, King, Happy Corbin wins with interference from Mad Cap Moss. What do we think of Mad Cap Moss in this uh, Baron Corbin character? I, I hate it. I hate it as of now. We'll see where it goes, but as of right now, I don't know. I feel like this whole Happy Corbin character went in a complete different direction than what I wanted it to, and then, like, needing a lackey to, like, help him out. It, it, it just wasn't where I thought we would go with Corbin, and I, I, I didn't like anything about this tonight. Maybe it's because it's Kevin Owens, and I want Kevin Owens to be doing something different, and I don't feel like happy Corbin needs anybody on his side right now. Like, nobody has ever kicked out at the end of days. Why would Baron Corbin need anybody helping him out yeah. when technically speaking, if he can hit his move, you're done with. Maybe he's just wanting to pay someone so he doesn't have to wrestle. I don't know. I still don't I just don't think this is a return that makes any sense. He just came out of nowhere. He came out of left field and it still doesn't make any sense to me. It did. I think this character has really gone off the rails because, I mean, we love the homeless character and the potential that had. And I really do think they should have spent more time fleshing that out so that when he does turn heel, I think he would be a little more over as a heel. But they've just completely gone really quick in terms of they got to end this. They got to make him rich. They got to get him this guy. And this madcap, Moss, what the hell is madcap? It's such an old word. And this just has like... Oh, the worst parts of Vince McMahon's fingerprints all over this. Agreed. Kind of overthinking this Rick Moss character who's a 
phenomenal athlete. I, I do think this guy has promise in terms of a guy who can cut a promo and, and be a potentially good um, potential main event wrestler years from now. But this madcap thing is death in terms of any type yeah. of potential. Yeah, listen, uh, I feel like Riddick Moss is not it. I will tell you one thing. I do think that Happy Corbin has a little bit going for him. Even today, I was in the casino. As I said, I'm on vacation this weekend, and I'm in the casino, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to pull a Happy Corbin. Maybe I'll hit the jackpot and become rich, you know? <laughs> like, it was funny. My mom was like, what are you talking about? But I just, I don't know. I need, I need to see more from this. It doesn't, it's a group that doesn't make sense. Like, we never even see them interact like maybe create a backstage segment is where we see Corbin paying Ross to like become his like lackey you know but the fact that we never even seen anything to do with these two guys it just doesn't make sense to me right it's not clicking but it's it's very new so we'll see where it goes because at first I felt that way with Happy Corbin and for a little while there I was 1000% behind him so Let's see where it goes next week if they don't split them up. But I just feel like it doesn't make any sense story storyline wise. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently they're staying on SmackDown together. I guess. Yeah. So, here's a <laughs> uh, great super chat. Uh, Philip uh -huh. Sandman from 199. You guys are a great team. Always got me laughing. Love that. Love that. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, Philip. we're funny. <laughs> we're hilarious. Over <laughs> apparently. <laughs> So we, uh, of course, Drew McIntyre was drafted, so he gets a backstage promo, and he hinted that he wants a shot at Roman Reigns. Uh, what do you think? Do you think Drew McIntyre might be the guy to take the belt off of Roman Reigns? No, come on. Come on. Drew McIntyre had plenty of shots against Roman, and he couldn't beat him then. Why would he beat him now? I am excited to see Drew McIntyre going in a different direction brand-wise, but I also hope that maybe next Friday we'll see Drew McIntyre say, hey, new brand, new me, and completely reinvent himself because I personally feel like Drew McIntyre has been getting stale for quite a little bit now. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, he had that stage where he lost three matches to Lashley and couldn't ever challenge again. He showed up on Raw and he seemed that he was going to be the next challenger for Big E. So if they end up going through with that, that's definitely going to be a feud that he loses again. And if he Feuds with Roman Reigns. I don't see him winning that feud either. So really doing a lot of damage to Drew McIntyre, who has seemed like a mid-carder ever since he lost that feud with Bobby Lashley. I mean, I said it at the time. This is mid-card McIntyre until further notice. This guy um, seems like he's in a tough spot right now, given where WWE wants to go with their top champions. And him, he doesn't seem to figure those plans right now. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that it was like a fake out on Monday when he came out and he pointed at Big E. Um, I, I get it. It wasn't necessary, but I get it. But I, I, I did have a feeling that it was going to end up being like, okay, we're just going to do this right now, but they're going to split them up on the draft. I do think that Drew McIntyre needs a whole new scene and a whole new different group of contenders yeah. to go against him. Definitely. And they did announce at the beginning of Raw, this might have been another last minute decision, that these draft picks do not kick in until October 22nd, which is after the Crown Jewel pay-per-view. So we're going to get all kinds of things happening, I guess, uh, uh, until then. I think a lot of people are going to do jobs on the way out to their new brands. And uh, that, that, that's a weird announcement, I think, that they're having this I 1,000 per, I 1,000 percent missed that. I just want you to know that. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is something that just kind of threw out there and uh, moved right. on to the show. But uh, I don't know about that. I don't know if they've ever done it that way. 
Right. Pablo Duran for five dollars. And Issa, God sent Alfred no headgear. Oh man, lol. Show was weak though. Carry on. Uh, well, I, you know, I, yeah, I guess it was. I mean, all in all, it was okay. It was harmless. But I don't think in terms of a draft show, which is kind of like a pay-per-view, I don't think there was anything to write home about for the show. Honestly, I did think, like, even just logging into my timeline this morning, I feel like for it being a draft show, it felt like it had the least amount of momentum going behind it. Like, I didn't feel like the hype for a draft. In the timeline, maybe after that announcement that you just mentioned, that goes to show you why. Because it's like, we know you have Crown Jewel coming. So even if you draft Brock to Monday Night Raw, we're still going to get that match no matter what. We're still going to get Bianca, Sasha, and Becky. So it, it almost goes to show you, like, maybe you should have done the draft after you got Crown Jewel over with. Uh, yeah. But I will yeah. say, draft-wise, it was the least exciting that yeah. it's felt in a long time. And maybe it's because... I don't know, maybe you should do the draft as a Peacock exclusive back-to-back, maybe on a weekend, just so we know where everybody's going. Because right now, everything feels a little all over the place. Yeah, and uh, in response to your headgear comment, no, I do not wear a headgear. I like it raw. Oh, but I love your hat. Yeah. <laughs> Was he talking about a hat or like headphones? Yeah, maybe I'll have the the hat. Uh, I think it's the, I think Pablo's talking about the hat. We love your hat here. Something on the hat, yeah. The hat, the hat will come. The hat is part of. I don't even have my cat ears because I'm I'm on vacation, so I brought my traveling gear with me. I'm <laughs> listen, whatever. I like your hat, okay. I like I like the cat ears. The cat ears are over too. I'm sure they improve your hearing to have those ears like that. And, they do. They'll be back on Tuesday. It's all good. Yeah. Cat ears back on Tuesdays, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> love it. Edge cuts a promo. I thought this was a good promo. I love Edge uh, when he really he really knows how to personalize these promos. He was talking about how he's the only member of this roster who's on the first episode of SmackDown. Now he has to go to Raw. They're booing that. And he goes like, no, it's okay. Then we get Seth Rollins on the big screen. And this is a trope that I think a lot of people roll their eyes when they see something like this. He's outside the home of Edge. And once it's revealed that he's outside of Edge's home, potentially to threaten his wife, Edge goes running. Now, I'm thinking, like, what is he going to get? What is he running to Canada? (laughs) Like, is he going to get from Baltimore to Canada before Seth is done with the segment? Like, what? (laughs) Yeah, that looks ridiculous. But they did address that because what happened is he went backstage to call Beth. I guess that's why he went running. But it looked like he was going out to go, like, I got to get back to Canada as fast as possible. Like, Edge, you're not going to make it, brother. You're in Baltimore, bro. Like, it's going to take you a couple hours to get there. You know that, right? <laughs> so, thankfully, uh, Bev Phoenix is not in the house. And it just ends up being uh, uh, several minutes of Seth Rollins going through Edge's home, you know, being disrespectful, kicking his feet up on the man's chair and stuff like that, but not really doing anything, just looking at his uh, his children's art and stuff like that. And I know it's a personal thing going on in somebody's house, but... In the grand scheme of people invading somebody's house on a wrestling show, this was very tame for me. Yeah, agreed. I mean, we see people pull out Glocks. Right? <laughs> yes, yes, they do. <laughs> I, I have to drop that Anderson. because, listen, I'm not here on Wednesdays, but that Art Anderson promo, I have not been able to stop thinking about it. <laughs> I'm going to get the shirt. I, I want to get the shirt and wear it on this podcast, Lisa. Yeah, listen, I um I was I was on the plane today and fifty cents, you not like me came on and I'm like, yo, this is Arn Anderson's jam right here. <laughs> listen, okay, so <laughs> let's talk about it, right? 
the reason why I felt like the Edge promo didn't really click is because, number one, we just said it. Like, he took off running, and he's like, where are you going, bro? Like, if yeah. this guy is in your house, you're not going to get there. So it didn't make sense, right? If you go back to, like, when Samoa Joe was at AJ Styles' house, they didn't have AJ take off running. AJ was just screaming at the at the screen, yeah. like, what are you doing? I felt like maybe that would have been a little more efficient with Edge tonight. Number two, it's like, we know he's going to Raw. So it's just like, okay, you guys are going to get the Robo match, and then that's going to be it. It doesn't matter what Seth is doing here. We'll see it one more time, and then you guys don't have to interact anymore. I doubt that they're going to put them in the same brand, to be, like, honest with you, right? right. I I love Seth in this segment, right? Like, he was, like, he was just absolutely epic. And it's just like the the way that they play like the whole pictures and him walking around and just disrespecting Edge's space. I I, I really thought that Edge kind of like I'm I'm sorry, Seth came look a little bit better when it came to this. But again, this is if they're gonna have the rubber match at Crown Jewel, we're gonna see a week of Edge probably getting the upper hand on Seth. I I thought this was interesting. I am really into this feud. I think that Edge and Seth are literally a younger version. Said it's a younger version of Edge, and I absolutely love what they're doing right now. I, I've been behind it 1,000%. Their MSG match was amazing. I was there. I got to see it live. So I, I am looking forward to a rubber match between the two of them, but I think that's going to be, again, a bow to wrap up the feud and move on because they're probably going to go in different directions. Yeah, yeah. Seth was fine in the segment. I had no problem with what he did. It's just like they kind of tease that like he was calling for Beth and I was looking for something just super disrespectful to take right. this to the next level and it just ended up we didn't see Beth and he was going around uh just talking trash about the man's home uh but it is a personal thing I you don't mean, go into somebody's house. what do you want you want like fucking sorry you want said to like walk in there and start using like edges manscape like what is know. it that you want <laughs> I don't want to see it, but I want to do something disrespectful. <laughs> and, and my friend was going to be like, I'm going to shave my balls with your trimmer. <laughs> Let's give this drawing a little more hair, shall we? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love, I, I personally love what said did here. I might be a little bit biased. I absolutely, I, I, I said this one of my favorites ever. So obviously I'm always kind of like a little bit biased there, but I, I enjoyed it. I just, I wish they wouldn't know how, and I get it. He was calling Beth. And also where are the kids? Because he's like, okay, so, so Edge is on SmackDown. He's calling, she, he's calling Beth. Seth is on their house. They have daughters. Where are these little girls at freaking 10 o'clock at night? Because they're not at the house. Edge is here. We don't know where Beth is, but I just, I, I'm just saying. I hope they don't get. I I hope they don't get child services called on them. (laughs) They're at at Christian's house. They're at Christian's house. Uncle Christian's babysitting the kids. We don't. We don't know Christian (laughs) on Friday nights. Okay. Uncle Uncle Jay. Yeah, he who shall not be named. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) So we get into a. We have an eight-man tag team match. So this is a new day in the Street Profits versus Alpha Academy and Dirty Dogs. They gave these guys a lot of time, and I love that. Montez Ford and Kofi were on the same team because it seemed like the match within a match was them like competing with each other of like who's the better high flyer. So they did a lot of uh, high flying moves. Uh, this it, it was it was slow for uh, parts of it early, but I feel like it really picked up toward the end. And uh, the new day and the street profits, of course, win the match. What did you think about this match, Issa? I mean, I I I was shocked at how much time they gave them. Given yeah, the they gave them a lot was... of time. Yeah, you had like you announced Bianca and. Um... 
Sasha for the main event. I thought that was going to be what would get the most time. Yeah. It was a fun match overall, but I feel like there's no heat behind this feud. So it's just like, okay, it's a good match, but why should I be invested? There wasn't really a reason to be invested behind it. Was it good wrestling? Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. I I thought they got (laughs) way too much time. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, we could have spent more time like exploring Edge's house at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they should have had a picture in picture of while the match is going on. You got Seth Rollins going into his like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He should have gone office. to the kitchen, opened their fridge, like drank their wine. Uh, that would have been epic. <laughs> yeah. uh, we get back. <laughs> What's that? No, no. I'm just, I'm just picturing what Seth could have done in the time that they gave this match. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We go backstage with uh, Jeff Hardy and Brock Lesnar. And so, okay, here's what happened. It was with Jeff Hardy and because he's just come to SmackDown and then Brock Lesnar shows up and Jeff Hardy just backs off and he's just like, okay, well, I don't want any smoke. And he just walks off. Which Do you do you want the Brock Lesnar smoke off? I do not. But like, okay, you know, so can you believe Jeff Hardy here? Can we put some respect on Jeff Hardy's name? This is a legend. This is a, if he's gonna walk okay. off from Brock okay. Lesnar, oh, oh 100 pounds of Jeff Hardy against freaking 500 pound triple Brock Lesnar. I I thought that this was a smart move by Jeff Hardy. Yeah, Jeff Hardy has proven he can go toe to toe with Brock Lesnar. He gave Brock Lesnar one of the most vicious chair shots to the face I've ever seen in my life. Okay, but you're talking like 2002. Okay, like I'm talking mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar eight. Brock Lesnar and his wife and all of his kids now. <laughs> and Jeff Hardy is like, I'm just here to have fun. Like, Jeff Hardy is like, Damian Priest, like, I'm just here to party. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not, I, I, I don't blame Jeff Hardy. It's like, okay, like, Jeff Hardy was just involved in a US title match. It's like, why would you want to, like, really be teasing the beast? I, 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 I like the interaction between the two. It was fun. It was very charming. And uh, yeah. then we get, um, so Brock Lesnar saying he's a free agent. And he makes he is. Point. He didn't get drafted tonight. Yeah. He's, but he's stirring it up. He's saying he's a free agent because of Paul Heyman. He's saying that Paul Heyman is the reason that Brock Lesnar is a free agent. So, of course, then we cut to Roman Reigns. He's not very happy with Paul Heyman. He says that Paul Heyman is to report to Raw. And then he sends the Usos to Raw as well. And I guess this is going to be the storyline for Raw, that Heyman needs to make sure that the Usos are drafted a SmackDown and the bloodline is not split up. Otherwise, if he fails this mission, leave him for dead. Paul Heyman might die on Monday night, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I hope that they... I, I'm pretty sure Roman has the Undertaker on speed dial to get a couple of, like, <laughs> like a freaking coffin for Paul Heyman if he fails to make this happen i i mean i like brock teasing that he was a free agent i thought it was funny that they used those terms instead of saying i haven't been drafted yet because obviously you automatically think oh my god brock lesser is all elite (laughs) you know obviously that's what you're gonna that's what i thought about but also i've been drinking so um (laughs) i personally thought that it it was a great segment i love the tension and Paul Heyman has all of this pressure on him to keep everybody happy. I personally think it's pro- if, if Paul Heyman wants to be successful, he needs to keep them away from each other. That's not going to stop the crown duo match, but you need to you need to make sure that Brock goes to Raw and we get that Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar match and leave the bloodline alone. They're the ones. They don't need this kind of inner, like, they don't need this interaction with Brock right now. 
Yeah, very interesting that they're doing the storyline with uh, Paul Heyman and the Usos on Raw. We'll see how that goes. I think I, we can expect to see the Usos back to SmackDown, but maybe yeah. as part of stretching the storyline out, maybe the Usos do get drafted to Raw so we can build up the tension between Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. No, I think the Usos are staying on SmackDown just only because they drafted RK Bro tonight. Right, you're right. not gonna have both tag team champions on Raw. Like that doesn't make right. any sense. Well, it doesn't. But we did see the Raw Women's Champion to SmackDown. But you know that could always be undone. Uh, but who, who knows? WWE makes up the rules as they go along. Uh, I think they want you to think that there's a possibility that they get drafted to Raw. Uh, but right. yeah, I mean, you're right. They do have those SmackDown tag team championships. Uh, but they did set a precedent for having somebody on a different show. Which, like, yeah. why would you call them the SmackDown Tag Team Championships? They should be exempt because they're that's a SmackDown belt. They should just stay on SmackDown. But agreed. But I mean, they did that with the New Day and the Street Profits. Remember where they just swapped belts because they got yeah. drafted to different shows? I, I have a feeling that. Becky is uh, me too, and I have a feeling they're gonna do that with Becky and Charlotte. Yeah, you can see that. I mean, if Becky wants heel heat, that's the one way to get it. Uh, we I mean, get the maybe. main event. Uh, speaking of heel heat, Becky was on commentary. Uh, I thought her, she was kind of she was a lot of fun, but her and Michael Cole seemed to clash a little bit on commentary. <laughs> yeah, uh, but she was very funny. Uh, and she's got her big overcoat. Um, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, I thought, had a very good match. They would have just gotten like five more minutes, ten more. It was like really a pay per view rising up to be like a pay per view quality match. Um, uh, Sasha Banks ends up winning this match after. Becky Lynch interferes and distracts Bianca Belair. So we're tied at one between Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. What do you think about this match, Issa? I hate that we did it this way. None advertised until the show yeah. started. Like, we have been waiting. And I get it. You know, something went on with Sasha. I don't know if it was an injury. I don't know what happened. But this was, it kicked us at WrestleMania. And it should have been pay-per-view or at least some kind of hype behind it. The fact that they gave us the second Bianca against Sasha Banks, just non-advertised, like, here you go, it's a throwaway because it's a draft show. I was slightly disappointed in that because I have been looking forward to them facing off again since the WrestleMania match. I love that it's one and one Bianca's going to Raw. I don't know what we're doing with Sasha, but at least you keep them away from each other until they finally meet again, hopefully at a pay-per-view and done the right way. Um, match quality wise, of course, they killed it. They did the first time and they did tonight. I wish they would have given them a little more time and I wish it would have had an actual real finish. But they have excellent chemistry. And um, I know Sasha wasn't gone that long, but I miss seeing her in the ring. Sasha is absolutely incredible when she wrestles, especially yeah, when she has good chemistry with her opponent. Yeah, definitely. She didn't miss a step at all. I mean, she was great in there. Um, and you know, it was good. I kind of expected her to win because you know, getting her win back in WWE likes that 50 50 booking, but yeah, this was a very good match. And all I could think of was like, man, that they, they should have gotten more time. I think this could have gone from good to great, like, um, if they would have just gotten a little more time. Yeah, we saw it at WrestleMania. We've been looking forward to this second match, we thought we were getting it at SummerSlam, and I just I felt slightly disappointed at the way that they ran it because I, I felt this could have been pay per view. And again, main event caliber, if you yeah. would have hyped it up the right way. So that's SmackDown. Uh, we have the draft in the books. Night two of the draft is going to be on Raw. But we got Rampage to cover as well. Rampage kicked off with a hot match between da uh, Brian Danielson. We got to have a swear jar for Brian Danielson and Daniel Bryan. Oh, my Brian God. Danielson. Like, everybody will be rich right now because it's not just us. I feel like everybody that covers everybody. professional wrestling cannot get this name right. It's Dan yeah. What? 
how long did we get used to getting to saying Daniel Bryan? Like almost yeah. 10 years. It's very hard to switch it like that. It's years. And so many people like have completely different, like Rusev and Nero are completely different. So I have no problem. Right. It's almost the same name, just like switching it around. So it's hard to divorce from Daniel Bryan. And for some reason, I can't just say Bryan. Like I can't yeah. like Brian Danielson. I will get it eventually. We will get it eventually. Eventually, a couple matches, a couple more great matches. He'll establish himself as Brian Danielson, and this I was mean, a great match. Yes, <laughs> I thought this was very good. I, I thought this was uh, him and Nick Jackson. Nick Jackson is a very underrated singles wrestler, uh, yes. which is funny because like he's always going to be remembered as one half of the Young Bucks and the, one of the greatest tag teams ever. But they were promoting this as like a dream match because you know Nick Jackson's it very was. good. It was. Uh, so they had a lot of striking. Um, Daniel Bryan, <laughs> Bryan Danielson, ends up winning this match with a cattle mutilation. This brings out Kenny Noballs, who gets a Kenny Noballs chance. He gets slapped in the submission. So we're building, looks like, toward Bryan Danielson and Kenny Omega in the long term. What do you think about this match, Issa? I mean, can can Daniel Bryan do Danielson do anything wrong in AEW right now? There are so many matches. I want to see him have, and the fact that they're just saying he's here, book all of these matches because I really feel that's what they're doing with him, and almost borderline Adam Cole too. The, the I I I don't want anybody coming for me, but I wish they were doing that with CM Punk as well, right? Like yeah. I get it. I thought him and Hobbs put an amazing match. I was there live for it, but it's just like there's so many dream matches that I pictured CM Punk having that Hobbs wasn't on my top like ten, right? And I feel like they're doing that with Brian and Adam Cole. Do that with Punk as well, right? Give us these matches that we've been waiting years to see. Overall, yeah. Daniel Bryan is not going to do any wrong. And I love the fact that Daniel Bryan said at the press room, like, CM Punk wants to put these young guys over, not me. I want to kick all of these guys' ass. And he's living up to what he promised us he would do. Great match, and agreed. I think the Young Bucks, when they wrestle as singles wrestlers, they don't get the credit that they deserve because we're so used to seeing them to seeing them as tag, like as tag team. Yeah. I thought this match was absolutely epic, and yeah, Daniel Bryan, it's, Danielson, it's gonna take a long time <laughs> for him to do something wrong in my eyes. Like even the the white tee, the 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 gear, the music. I mean, I'm very music is lyrics now. Yo, it, it always it got better. It always had the lyrics. Did it, it really? Had, yes. The oh, problem I, thought, I don't think I ever heard of. Okay. No, the, we were popping so hard that we didn't hear it. It always had the lyrics. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. No, I love his music. I love his, and the white tee is great. I love that that's what he's wearing every single I, I feel like Danielson could wrestle a, a mop, like a broomstick, and it will freaking be epic at this point. He's so good at what he does. Well, you mentioned CM Punk. It's interesting. Well, first we had a promo from Ricky Starks talking about Brian Cage. So they're going to continue that. Uh, that kind of went wow. for a while. But I, I mean, that's been going on since I don't or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they ended that weeks ago. But, you know, giving Brian Cage something to do because he's been squawking. He's not very uh, pleased at his slot here. Chico, California's own Brian Cage is a good guy. Shout out to Brian Cage. Uh, but then we get Punk, uh, and he has this promo. Now, here's what's interesting. is He's talking about how he wants all the best people, this, that, and the third. And they say, oh, so what's next for CM Punk? And I always assumed that he was just going to run through Team Taz. They might have dropped that. They might be going in a completely different direction. And to your point, Issa, they might be setting up for maybe more dream matches, more high-caliber opponents. You don't, you're like, don't you think that there needs to be a little bit more with Punk right now? Like, tell me what you think. Is this just me or do you not feel 
slightly underwhelmed with what I mean he's putting on great matches but it's just like okay Darby Allen I could get behind that but Team Taz it, it just wasn't let him feel with freaking MJF let him feel with Moxley let him feel with the elite like Team Taz wasn't on my top like I need to see CM Punk wrestle these people kind of list you know what I mean yeah, and I don't think they're on anybody's because of how they book Team Taz as like these Washington generals. They've never really been like a dominant heel faction or anything like that. I do like him working with young guys. It's particularly Will Hobbs, who I think has a future and stuff like that. That's great. Right. But in terms of like box office, what you brought him in there for, um, I think they're really biding their time and saving the CM Punk match because they really seem to savor these matches. But uh, maybe they're just taking a slower pace with CM Punk because, uh, you know, Brian Danielson was just recently wrestling a, a lot in WWE so he can make that easy transition. So they are taking their time with uh, CM Punk. And I do hope that he starts, you know, having some of these more high profile matches. But I'm yeah, sure, I mean, that's definitely I inevitable. Maybe I'm just slightly anxious because it's like I waited eight years for this. Yeah. Give us what we want to see. At the same time, AW has proven me wrong and I'll be the first one to admit it where I'm like I want to see these guys like do all of this and look at Britt Baker look at Hangman Page there's so many people that they were like no 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 let us build them up and it worked out so I I with WWE I don't give the benefit of the doubt anymore with AW I can still say all right let's see where it goes where with WWE you're like yeah it's not gonna go anywhere here I can see them turning it around we'll see where it goes I mean problem is CM Punk is going to get popped no matter what, so you really can't turn him heel. I feel like there's a high in CM Punk right now, and no matter what he does, we're all going to be like, oh, right. he's here, you know? So it's like, take advantage of that while you still have it. Right. And uh, uh, Pablo Duran for $5 says, Curveball, off topic, Alexa will wear the lily mask. You will see. Love you both. Great job. Well, um, no, who knows she, she has a sinus surgery right now. Oh, you know what? Now that I think about it, maybe that's what he meant, because she's going to have surgery but she's going to be off TV for a while. So I, I don't know, man. I think this might be a signal that they're going to, she's going to come back as Alexa Bliss. This is a perfect time. I wanted them, I wanted her to come back as the goddess as soon as Charlotte destroyed the doll. But I get it. If she's taking time off, I wish they would have filmed some kind of backstage segment to where somebody has an intervention and that's how you write her off TV. Like we're going to lock her in a mental hospital until she gets better and then bring her <laughs> back as the goddess. I don't know. I, I hope that the whole Lily and Alexa is over with. There's a slight chance that Bray might debut elsewhere within the time that she's off. So you might not want to bring back this gimmick if Bray Wyatt shows up elsewhere. That's a good point. We have uh, Jade Cargill beating Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose. Okay, let me tell you. I love the Brian Danielson match. I thought that was a very great technical wrestling match. I thought they did a good job. This was my favorite match of the show because I had the most fun watching this match. I thought this was a banger because they had, you know, table spots. Thunder Rosa put Nyla Rose through a table. Uh, They were just beating the hell out of each other. They worked really hard. I thought this was a really, really good match. And they really kind of worked around, uh, you know, Jade Cargill because she hasn't had too much in-ring experience. And she looked like a thousand bucks in there. I thought she looked excellent. I thought they were all really, really good. Uh, And this is a really good match. Yeah, I'm 1,000% with you. This was my favorite match of Rampage. I think Jay could just come out and just, like, do a swirl and go right backstage and you will still be captivated just because of what she looks like. And just seeing a different group of women, all of them badass. I'm, I'm sorry, Jay, Thunder Rosa, and Nyla Rose, all of these women can go. And that's my whole point. It's like I thought when we added Rampage, we were going to see a different group of women but they featured 
Tay and Anna Jay and the Bunny and Penelope for so long that it was so refreshing to just see. AEW has a very strong women's division. It still needs some work, mm-hmm. but they have some really good women there. You need to feature them. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's like the reason why you don't feel Brit has anybody that could take her right now is because you're not featuring these talented women. And tonight we saw that. Jade is, oh man, she's on a different level. The way that she looks and she, just to see how far she's come, a lot of people were like, she's so green. She looked like she belonged tonight and I absolutely loved it. And they really put over, she stood over Thunder Rosa. I was very surprised with um, uh, her beating uh, Thunder Rosa in, I know. in that regard. I figured that Nyla Rose would take the fall, but this was great in terms of them really uh, taking time to make her come off as a huge star. I loved this. They did this with Britt Baker. And look where Britt Baker is now, right? Like, I remember yeah. Britt Baker being the very first women they come out when AEW even announced when they had that press conference. Britt Baker came out there and you would think she was going to be the face of the women's division and look at how long it took for that. Yeah. And that's why that's what I mean when I said I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Let them take their time with Jay because I do think when you pull the plug with Jay, Jay could be a very long-term women's champion for AEW. She looked great. I think Thunder Rosa is another person that you could put the title on her right now and nobody will argue it. Um, Nyla Rose had the title. I mean, I thought this was great. It was a lot of fun, and, and I thought they had excellent chemistry. Yeah, definitely. So we get an Alistair Mount. Um, see, I'm doing it with Alistair Black. Yeah, Malachi Black promo about the Black Mist that he spit in Cody's face. Um, I love this Malachi Black character. I just think he's so great. He's like the, the he's like the new Undertaker now that the Undertaker's gone. Agreed. And his entrance, there's everything about him. He's so captivating. I mean, you saw the reaction that Malachi Black compared, like he had a Grand Slam compared to Cody. Cody, the face of AEW was just booed out of the building and everybody was just so behind Malachi Black. You gave him the win. I mean, I think you could go very far with Malachi Black. I'm very interested to see who you put him against next. But in the meantime, you still have him on TV. He's cutting promos. That way you don't forget about him until they figure out what's next for him. So we have this uh, the segment that they do. One of my favorite things I look forward to every week, Mark Henry, uh, that pre-main event segment. And this is the funniest one yet. I legitimately laughed out loud for this because there's Orange Cassidy and Jack Evans. And Mark Henry asks Orange Cassidy, so what are your thoughts? And Cassidy goes, I don't even know what this is. And then Mark Henry goes, this is a hair versus hair match, Orange. If you lose, you lose your hair. And then Orange just goes, then I guess I'm not going to lose. And then he just walks off. <laughs> it was so deadpan. It was so great. You guys got to go back and watch this. Like, I, I was like, uh, okay. I didn't think Orange was losing at any point, right? But I love this attitude in this promo where I was like, yeah, he's he's 1,000% right. He's like, okay, I'm not losing. They're not. There's no way they're going to shave the head of their golden boy right now, right? But. I love his attitude. And I do love the Mar- Mark Henry interview with the main event people before they go out there. I do feel it adds to the show. Yeah, and it was perfect because, you know, they had those three screens that they're the split screen. So you just see Orange walking out of his screen and then they have to cl- close it to two people. And I was kind of worried because it's like, why Orange is going to talk here? This is weird, but this is perfect. This is the amount of talking I want Orange Cassidy to do. Yeah, same, same. Like when you when that's the thing with Orange Cassidy. When he talks, it just makes an impression. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just like it doesn't feel wasted. This was great, but main event, it was awesome. Predictable though. I never yeah, thought Orange Cassidy was losing this at any point. 
Cassidy goes over, and I don't think the crowd bought it either. They got into it at the very end, but I think the crowd was just kind of waiting for him to win. Orange Cassidy did yeah. win this match. Pretty good match. It gave Jack Evans a lot. Uh, they had some outside interference from Dark Order and the Hardy family office, but then after Orange Cassidy wins, he uses scissors to chop Jack Evans' hair off. Poor Jack and all that long hair is gone. I love that Matt Hardy like turned the twist where he was like, it's a hair versus hair, but I'm not wrestling it. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh my God. My that, is, that is such a genius thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the match was fun. It was just, it just felt very like I said, predictable, and I do think that could affect Rampage on the ratings, where it's just like, okay, the main event is this, I'm switching the channel because I know what's going to happen. If you're trying to build Rampage to be, like, at equal to Dynamite, you have to put matches that don't feel like you know exactly what's going to happen, but I have shared with you that I feel like this free tape a lot of times is also going to take a lot of people interest away because i stay away from rampage um spoilers because we have to watch them right we cover it here obviously but it's just like if i wasn't covering it and i know exactly what's going to happen i don't know that i will watch it live i will probably tuning in the dvr saturday over coffee saturday morning so i do think that that could also hurt them but it's like if the match didn't feel predictable you might get more people to tune in and avoid the spoilers this there was never a doubt in my brain that orange cassidy was not going over here yeah yeah i mean rampage never really feels like must watch tv ever since obviously the cm punk episode was huge it was like the biggest episode they've ever done and then also the grand slam episode was good too but even that seemed like that's the b show to the grand slam they had on wednesday um And uh, yeah, it's really hard to convince people that I know Tony Khan is trying to make this into a level of the A show, but that's just not going to happen. I don't think that Rampage will feel like the A show until we get it to be filmed live. And even if you look at the numbers, like if you take a look at the numbers of when they filmed it live, like the right before All All Out, it was filmed live and it still didn't really lived up to the expectations. I don't know that they're filming it live until what, the Friday before full gear? I think everything outside of that is going to be yeah. pre-tape. And obviously, time. if you don't cover it, I don't I don't know. I really want Rampage to be as successful as Dynamite has been. But it's like, if you're booking main events that feel so predictable, that that really might hurt your product. Because it's like, why would you? Nobody. I'm telling you right now, nobody ever thought that Evans had a chance in this match. Yeah, yeah. That's the weird main event uh, to, to do this. I like Jack Evans and everything, but they do not promote him as a main event. Before and let the women main event at that yes. point just because the match felt so predictable and it didn't feel that way with the women. I feel like Thunder Rosa could have taken this Nyla Rose or Jay Cargill. So I was more invested into the women's match than I was into the main event. That would have been a great way to end it. Yeah. Yeah. In, in yeah, for sure. But that's Rampage. So we did it. It's Rampage. It's SmackDown. We had our two shows tonight. Uh, Issa, what show did you like better? Uh, I'm going to say SmackDown. I feel like the draft, even though it didn't feel as hyped as other draft has felt, there's always that mysterious of who's going to go where. And there was a couple of, there was a couple of picks here that, I would say shock me. Not shock me, but I'm excited to see. I think Bianca going to Raw is going to be beneficial for Raw. There's a couple of things that happen on SmackDown draft-wise. Right. Matches-wise, I, I personally think that Rampage took it. So storyline-wise, SmackDown. Ma- like in-ring action-wise, Rampage. 
Yeah, SmackDown did come off as a more important show, but I think because Rampage, you know, being quicker is an advantage, but they didn't seem like they had a lot of, you know, fat. You know, they cut a lot of the fat, and right. a lot of the stuff on the show was just very easy to watch, and, and there were a couple of really good matches, so I, I preferred Rampage tonight. Yeah, I just wish they would have swapped around that main event, maybe let Brian, like, Bryanson, <laughs> Danielson <laughs> main event, <laughs> the women main event, and open with the hair match only because... I feel like no matter how much you hyped it up, nobody believed that Orange Cassidy was getting his head shaved. So it just felt like a wasted main event, a wasted opportunity. Well, she is Issa at NYC Demon Diva with the one on Twitter. And I am Alfred at This Is Nasty. Uh, before we get out of here, Issa, do you have anything to promote before we leave? No, just go follow me on YouTube. I have tons of reactions and content coming this week once I get to edit it. But I will be I will be posting a vlog from tomorrow's house show in Puerto Rico. I'm going to be attending and it's gonna be a lot of fun. So Puerto Rico. All right, check that Puerto out. Puerto Rico, Wepa. Wepa! Check me out on uh Wait, board. Alfred, Alfred, stop. Yeah. You missed yeah. some super chat. I just want oh, you to know. Did I miss super chat? Do we have more super you chat? You missed some super chats. Oh, I, listen, super I just chat. had to have the yeah, chats back, the okay? We're about to cost Raj some money. Yeah. <laughs> Nightmare Knee says, happy Wednesday, Alfred. JK, dropping some love. Love you too, Nightmare Knee. That's tonight. Or, uh, you know, we love everybody here. Is that the one that we missed? Do we have it any more? It was a $2 super chat that people are commenting that you missed at some point. I don't right. know. I just... We're going to find the $2 super chat, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, Alfred. Come on. All night long. No, no, no. I we cannot... don't have all night. <laughs> I did read the $2 super chat, but I could not... Okay, so that's nightmare need. No, I don't. I don't see anything else. Are you guys okay, ripping okay. me? I just, I just, I'm just, I'm reading what the chat is saying. Look, look, people are saying Issa saved the day. Was it Peter? Was it your super chat? It Peter Bayou, was, was this your chat. Uh, super chat? Listen, uh, we'll take the two dollars. We're gonna put it in the swear jar. That's what we're gonna do with the two dollars. Thank you, to everybody. <laughs> You can follow me on Forbes at This Is Nasty YouTube Pro Wrestling Bits. I'm looking through. I still can't find the super chat. You can't uh, find it. I no, it's not even on the deck. Wait, but I'm sure whoever said the super chat, if you could put, uh, you have 10 Just seconds. Just type it. Yeah, you have 10 to seconds. Retype you your go. super chat. We're looking. Uh, you have five seconds to retype your super chat. We would put it on for free, uh, oh but it's okay. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we will see everybody on Tuesday. We're going to be covering NXT, NXT 2.0. 2.0. Good night, Tony D'Angelo. Glenn will be back with us to talk about the greatest wrestler in the world, and we'll see you guys later. Bye, guys. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.